Welcome to episode one of Chewing the Fat with me, Matt Grimshaw, and my co-host, or my host, <laughs> Mike Melford. That's a great start, mate. You know what? It. I thought if we're doing a podcast, Mike, we need to have a really good intro, and we haven't got a jingle yet, have we, or anything like that just yet? Not just yet, but you know what? That will be brilliant for the uh, the listeners to hear that first bit of unplanned comedy right there. And who knows, in a year's time, we could be top of iTunes, top of Spotify, of the number one fitness podcast. We don't know. Who knows what the future holds, buddy? Who knows? Um, but for those who haven't met or know me and Mike, we go way back. We, first of all, are both personal trainers by trade or coaches, however you want to sort of put that across. Um, and we just wanted to really create a podcast just so we can go a little bit more in depth with subjects a little bit more that maybe we haven't got, we kind of cannot express too much over social media. So we want to sort of deep dive in a few subjects, Mike. Absolutely, Matt. And, you know, we're going to start off just going through just a quick intro, look like while we're doing this podcast and you've already explained that. And next part was, you know, we're going to go through how we know each other. So I just want to ask you, can you remember the first time that we ever laid eyes on each other? Oh, we was we was uh, in the gym. It was August twenty third, around one half one in the afternoon, and you put your hands on a bumper plate at the same time I put my hands on a bumper plate. We both accidentally <laughs> touched hands, and then from then I knew we were well, friends. <laughs> exactly that five um, kilo bumper plate. I tell you, no, but um, how did we? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I, I knew of you before, Mike, as well. I was a little fan fanboy of you because. You're a few years ahead of me as a personal trainer back then when we first met. Um, and obviously I looked up to you and what you've done and what you sort of you stood for and how you were with your clients. And even you as an athlete was, was very inspirational. So when I, was, I met you, I haven't told you, but I was a little bit starstruck. Oh, <laughs> if I could blush, I'll, I'm doing it right now, mate. <laughs> how, um, how do you remember me, mate, when you first met me? So I remember... Now, to this day, the first time I ever heard of your name was Cross the Medway at the time posted a picture of a new deadlift PB for the gym. And it was, I think it was 230 kilos. Mm. And at the time, that was nowhere near my, my personal best. And I'm like, who in the hell is pulling that amount of weight? So then I saw a picture of your quads and I was like, ah, all makes sense. And <laughs> ever since then, you know, I've just been respect in the utmost not only just for your athletic ability then but even you know I could tell at a time on social media you're already you know leaps and bounds ahead of most trainers in regards to your online presence regards to your circuit classes and you know I still remember to this day your first online video in that cupboard at, at Roco is that right oh oh I'm so glad yeah. we can't bring it up now <laughs> but wow. no but it, even even then, that that was before this sort of style of training wasn't even not even heard of. But it was a very sort of small time, and you know it takes a lot of kahunas to to have done that. So massive respect yeah. to you, buddy. But um, but no, then I remember you coming down into the CrossFit box at the time, and from the word go, we we just got on. You know, there was that lads sort of banterish style. You know, we had that common respect for each other as trainers and athletes at the time. I think that massively helped and, and think socially we just genuinely clicked 
as, mm. as people do. Yeah. I think as well, as I was describing this to someone the other day as well, is I think when you're a trainer or a coach, you, you can really empathize with other trainers or coaches because I think they fully understand your situation because I think people think you just go in the gym and it's not even work. You just train people and that's it. But obviously, I know you're an absolute professional at what you do. And I pride myself on being a professional. And we both know there's a lot more outside of just training people in the gym than there is to personal training, isn't there? 100%. And the game has changed massively over the last sort of 10 years that we've been doing it. Like if you think back to when I first started booking in clients, this was mm. when I first joined uh, Fitness First at a time, which is now called the Park Club Gym. I used to have to call up, call up clients and then book in that way, the old school way. You know, I'd use a gym phone purely because, you know, I didn't have enough credit on my, uh, on my phone account. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I literally could give a, a, a client's number, call them up and say, you know, when do you want to book in? And it's only until now recently that, you know, WhatsApp's taken over messaging and that's a, that's the norm now, isn't it? You know, to, to get a message through, an inquiry back then is people calling me going hi i'm interested in some personal training you know kind of find out a bit more but nowadays it's emails and messages and 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 that sort of things as well mate it's changed so much like i remember when first i first started out the way i would advertise my services i would put a poster on the back of the toilet door and then you know you get a call and then you're booking a session or a boot camp or whatever it is but now like it is everywhere you've got to be everywhere and it's quite hard to cover every aspect you've got obviously facebook your instagram you've got twitter youtube mm. linkedin whatever the platform is like fitness yeah. has grown massively as a popular culture and i think trainers are and trainers and coaches are are looked at in different ways now i think it's less of a stigma attached to pts is just a, just a guy or girl with you know a nice set of legs doing sort of you just me with their clients oh, <laughs> oh well yeah you know i was you know sorry mate <laughs> but yeah. you know i think we are looked at more as, as professionals now rather than just sort of oh just a pt i think people understand the the work that goes into it now rather than just you know having to having to look good you know there's because you know, don't get it wrong i mean there are you know, I've I've been on courses where, you know, they've got guys and girls who look amazing shape. But, you know, when it comes down to coaching, this is a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? Mm. I think as well, I don't know if you want to agree with me on this or maybe disagree, but since the, I would say, since the, probably the massive growth of Instagram, it's almost open a lot of these, I don't want to call them fake trainers. It sounds really fucking harsh, but maybe trainers, maybe guys and girls who are in shape, who maybe endorse products or um, in, endorse their workouts, and they're not really personal trainers or coaches. They're what I call fake, fake ass personal trainers and coaches. Do you see a lot of that as well? It's difficult. You know, there's so much out there, and for people like for like for me, for example, you know, if it went into the say a world of say say building work, I don't know much about the building trade and for me there's so many things out there that i'd have to speak to someone who i know who with better knowledge of right do you know a good build or that sort of thing as well and i think in some ways trainers are the same in the, in the same boat almost there's so much out there and you know and nowadays personal training is qualifying is is made that much quicker 
that mm. you know yeah um there's less almost emphasis on the quality nowadays i think you know so it's important to you know to reinforce that as as experienced trainers that we are that you know is and, and i think people see that through the work that you do in regards to the effort that you put in online but also the effort that you put in one-to-ones as well with regards to your facility and you know one question that i've always wanted to ask you is you know how did it feel taking that big step going from a commercial gym trainer to now owning your own sort of gym you know because i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm still working in the gym not that there's anything wrong with that i love working in a gym and you know but it's just got some admiration for someone like yourself taking a big step and open up his own facility you know just uh, talk just talk us through the where it all started and you know yeah i mean i think when I was when I first started out as personal training as well, um, I reckon for the first few years I probably wasn't that good. If I'm being honest, I, I like being in the gym, I like helping people, but I probably didn't really apply myself enough and really kind of know who I wanted to train, why I wanted to train them. I just thought it was a cool job at first, um, and I had a client at the time, and he was he was younger than me, and he he said to me, "Oh, you should come and come and work for me. I'm a photocopier salesman." You know, he had a, a flash BMW, you know, company car, nice yeah. big salary. He's like, showed me his pay slips, his bonus. And I was like, fucking hell, this guy, this guy's wedged. He's at double his salary. And, mm. and I went for a job interview and got the job, got all up my CV professionally made up beforehand and got off the job. And then I had a real sort of a petty drop moment when I thought to myself, I saw how miserable he was day-to-day, mm. how tired, driving around the M25, nipping into London, trying to flog photocopiers. Even though he was on a big salary, had a nice car, I thought, do I want to commit myself to this? Because I was probably about mid-20s, and I thought to myself, do I want to go down that road of being miserable? Then I thought, do you know yeah. what? If I'm going to do it, I've got to go all in. I've got to do the full shebang. Facilities, yeah. online coaching, persona, all the, all the stuff that comes with it. So I kind of uh, went balls deep in everything really <laughs> no well <laughs> and yeah absolutely Matt. and you know it's it comes across as you know extra professional in what you do you know you, your members are always singing and shouting about how you know how great it is how happy it is and through my own experience you know i've trained down with you guys and i've brought some of my clients down and they've loved every second of it so you know from another train to, to you mate you're doing a great job and you know you've helped me massively over the last three years you know just through me being able to see what you're doing in regards to developing the the online the online game a little bit in regards to making yourself a more of a social presence and Mm. it's definitely a a weakest part of my game which i've had to improve over the last year or so and more so recently with regards to what's going on so you know just uh, a fist pump over the waves no punching, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's, you're doing a great job, mate. It's important to recognize, you know, where you've come from. You know, I think we, we sometimes come up like we get lost in that. And us, as, as we know, we, when we, when we speak to clients, we say, look, you know, think about where you started from, you know, that moment you walked into the gym, you might've felt really sort of sub, like, conscious of, you know, everything. And now look at you, you're coming in, smashing workouts, changing your physique, getting stronger. And, you know, I think sometimes we lose, I think that we lose focus on sometimes where we come from. Yeah. And I think that relates really well to our clients and kind of what message we want to set precedent across this is that, you know, we're, 
we've had to sort of obviously work hard for what we do, whether that's athletically or in work. And that can apply yeah. to our clients and people listening to this, this podcast. Don't want to sort of sound condescending or whatever, but it is, it is mm. that hard work. I mean, we both started off. I didn't realize where you started working actually till we spoke before this. But mm. I mean, I started off as, as like a roofer, really out of shape, like dreadfully out of shape, mate. Like cannot believe. And um, Red Bulls, smoking 20, 30 a day, mm. McDonald's twice a day, awful. Literally went on a night out, had my picture snapped, saw it the next day and thought, God, is that me? I'm, you know, no wonder I was um, unconfident, self-conscious of myself. And that was kind of yeah. the moment that started getting in shape, started going running, started losing some weight, joined the gym, short story, you know, fell in love with the gym yeah. and then got offered a job at the gym, got qualified and went for it. Oh, well, so was your, so essentially, did you kind of like go to the, start working at the gym that you trained at? Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So the commercial gym I um, first ever went to, my first ever like, commercial gym I actually bought a membership from, they actually said to me, do you want a job here after they knew I was sort of qualified? Oh, um, amazing. So yeah, it, it, it was, it was really cool. And I'm always grateful for that gym for giving me the opportunity. But how about yourself? Cause I didn't realize like your beginnings i always assumed you was into sport mike honestly this shocked me yeah well you're kind of on, on the right lines there mate you know my i was lucky enough when i was younger my dad pretty much got me into every possible sport and you know everything from football cricket into athletics and rugby sort of later in my in my teenage years and after going to university i did a degree in computing and business and my clients are always shocked when I tell them that because they always think that I went and done sports science and I would think so you know, yeah yeah in hindsight maybe I, sh I just should have done that anyway um but then I wouldn't be here speaking to you probably no. so you know no true you know. but you know it's I've, I'm glad I kind of did go to sort of university I was able to kind of play sport at a higher level and general sort of life experience of you know boozing three times a week and fast food and you know <laughs> that sort of stuff as well when you look back you kind of like you think how did I survive you know you think I was probably out three nights a week oh something like, like jumping jacks remember jumping jacks did you ever go there oh, I doesn't know and oh at times I went there I didn't have fake IDs I couldn't get in I was I was Ooh. more of a chancer chancer yeah so I never really got into jumping jacks really but <laughs> you think back and you think how did I survive but you, I think in those younger years that you you're a bit more invincible and Mm. You know, I got out of university, I did a few odd jobs and, and bits and bobs, and then I got a job for a IT company, started off on tech support, which was brilliant, and um, got promoted to the projects department, which essentially what I'd been working for my whole sort of student life to mm. get into that role. And the people there were fantastic, you know, great company. You know, my colleagues in the department were like, amazing, you know, and I still keep in contact with some of them to this date. Hmm. Actually, and, Mike, um, weird. Yeah. You, you used to work with one of my coaches at CSU, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah, Hannah. What so me, so Hannah actually sat with me on her first day. She joined customer services and she sat with me on tech support on her first ever day. So it's uh, what a weird world. Such a, it's such a, a weird world. And, you know, as, uh, and, as, as, and, as Greg says, started from the bottom now here. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so pretty much my, in a long story short, you know, I was always training during lunch hours. I mean, it's purely just to keep suppress my stress levels. 
I was suffering with massive anxiety and stress levels, um, even down to the point where anytime my BlackBerry would go off, I'd start to get almost many heart palpitations. You know, I'd lost about a stone of weight through stress. You know, my you know, relationship at the time was going down the pan just purely because I was just wasn't with it the whole time. I was so stressed and, you mm. know, exercise kept me sane to a certain extent, like, yeah. like rugby and gym. And mm. one thing I took out of it was my, my colleagues and other members, staff members would always ask me about, oh, when you go to the gym, Mike, what, what do you do? You know, you keep yourself in shape. And I really enjoyed giving them advice and helping them out. Mm. I just sat there one day and thought, you know what? Why don't I just do something I want to do? you know, I enjoy doing to get paid. And that's when I just thought, you know, just handed my notice in and then um, did a PT course. And here yeah. I am today and, you know, just never looked back, but it's, uh, you know, I appreciate from your point of view, you know, the risks you go from a salary paid job to yeah. essentially nothing. And mm-hmm. then you have to, but then obviously the, the stress levels and the happiness just, just, just drop straight away. Mm-hmm. And, I think I think that's the thing with personal training is that initially a good coach or trainer gets in. I mean, you do want to get paid at the end of the day. I'm not going to beat around the bush. You want to get paid for something you're good at doing. But essentially, I think from the sounds of what you've said, Mike, and where I know where I've come from, I genuinely liked helping out people for free when I first started because I actually Mm. really enjoyed putting together for some someone something for someone and then finding value from it. Oh, absolutely, Matt. I think a lot of trainers do miss that when they come in, they just, you're sold this life journey that you're going to be charging people 50 pounds an hour and they're going to be like 50 hours a week, that sort of thing. And it's not like that, you know, in, in the real world, you know, people are not going to give up their hard earned money just to, just for someone who's sitting there, you know, on his final day, you know, you have to really kind of go in, you know, work hard and, you know, just make sure that you're serious about, what you're doing, I think, you know, rather than it's more about how you look. It's sorry, it's it's less about how you look and it's more about, you know, how you put yourself across. You know, yes, obviously it's important to, you know, be a good role model and how you physically look as well, but people want you to get them to where they want to be. I think that's, and that's the, the main yeah. Well sorry mate, what were you gonna say? No, no, carry on Matt. Carry on. I think that's a uh, mistake people tend to make when they're looking for a trainer is they look for the guy or girl best in shape not necessarily the best coach or trainer as it were mm. and and moving forward you know there's always a, a different style trainer for a different style person you know and I, I think we've had the situations where you know over, over the years we might have been training people who we may not clicked with and that's normal yeah. so yeah, you know and, and and rather than you can't look at it as a personal thing you know it's just part of life and you know personalities different people prefer different styles of people and that's mm. part, part of the, you know, the, the gym, not a gym game, but part of the gym life almost, you know, that's why every gym has multiple trainers yeah. to cater for Ooh. everyone, everyone. I've got a good question for you, Mike. Oh, Mike, mate, mate, Mike. Mate. Um, my, my, my mate. My, <laughs> mate. Oh, we my mate. Sorry. We're both from Medway. So <laughs> unless you're local, you might get it. Um, all right. So Mike, have a little think for a second, but what really motivates you, to do what you do a deep down level what really gets you out of bed every day gets you striving to be better in your career is it for your family is it for yourself what what, what, what is it behind it that gets you going good question and to all listeners that's not that's not been scripted you no. literally just asked me that question so um <laughs> <laughs> no um first thing that comes to my head 
is us family first. I say to my clients, family always first. And, you know, I love my family to bits, you know, with my close family or extended family and my clients, I love my clients to bits, you know, they're, and they're part of my gym family. I know it sounds a bit cringy, but you know, I've, I've picked up some great bonds over the years of many clients who I consider as really good friends, you mm. know, people, and then people who've been there through, you know, through good times and, and not so good times. So, you know, for me, it's family and I just have a desire to, to make people happy. You know, I think, like you said before, we, we get a good sort of gratification from helping people. I think when someone says, Mike, if you get a text saying, oh, you know, I put on these pair of jeans today, you know, they fit. You know, not only does that make you feel good, you know, you're happy for them, but you're so happy because it makes us feel good too, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, it's family and I just love helping people. You know, uh, it sounds really cringe, but that's just the, ain't that the truth, you know? And um, Yeah, as you wouldn't be in it. Well, well, you know, that's, they're my reasons. I mean, don't get it wrong. Yes, we are, you know, we, we are going to work for money as well. But like we've already explained, you know, it's not purely about the money. Otherwise, we would be, you know, striving to be different investment bankers, that sort of stuff. So, um, and yourself, Matt, I mean, the same, the same question for you. What would you say, you know, um, what gets you out of bed every morning at half five? Well, I've been described as the Ian Bill of Medway. So, I have to... <laughs> it's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> What's happened? It's in, it's in the gutter. My fish and chip shop. Um, no, I, 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 think, I think even like leaving secondary school, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the box, to be honest, Mel. I think I got left school with one C GCSE. Didn't do much at sixth form, to be honest, mate. Went straight into work. And never, and never really kind of thought I'd really amount to anything. No real aspiration. So for me, I'm not from an educated background. Um, I think as I've got older, it's given me a lot more determination. I hate using the word. I really hate it, but I'm glad to use it. It's trying to be more entre- entrepreneurial about things. Mm. Um, and just sort of building the life I, I, I want to live personally for, for me. And we have a half as well. Um, and just yeah. do nice things like travels really up there with one of the things that I value mm. the most in life at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, 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 like, I'm like you. I get so much joy with the day-to-day. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah. I think as a, a trainer, if, if you're chasing money, you're going you're gonna to hit a brick wall eventually. But if, if you generally invest in people, they will genuinely invest in you. I get a kick out of Absolutely. getting someone mm. a good transformation, getting someone a PB, Stopping someone get diabetes, whatever it may be, there is so much enjoyment. Like sometimes I come home from work at like nine at night, and I'd be still fucking buzzing. For we had a a session down the gym. There's been so much like hype in there. People are loving it. You can see them like leaving with smiles on their faces because they're coming all fucking Mm. grumpy from work. They're leaving with a big smile on their face, and you've created an hour's joy for that person, Mm -hmm. and almost that third space away from their work or their home life they are you know not mum they're not dad they're not you know absolutely they are just there to be themselves and then um, yeah yeah as, as cheesy it sounds that that not gets me off but <laughs> hey no it's you know it, it's all positive positive vibes you know and we are very lucky individuals to be in our situation you know to to give people that satisfaction they they crave you know they come into the gym to to achieve something you know mm-hmm. That's why, that's, why yeah. we, that's why we train. We, we train to 
either what uh, maybe whether it be increase the size of your triceps or you know to 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 get that one kilo extra on your back squat you know and and when we get that you know we know what it's like that feeling you know when you've Mm. hit that pb it could be by half a kilo but you've hit it and you know you just feel 10 you know you feel you're buzzing and you know that's Mm. why people come to the gym and and we help people achieve what they want to achieve we're very very privileged to do that yeah i mean even me and you this year well, last year actually, mm. like we had quite an accolade of ourselves. Basically, me and Mike used to be quite heavily competing in CrossFit years ago, and you know, Mike gave it up, I gave it up eventually because you know, life takes over family work, and there simply wasn't enough time to train at that level. And we decided to retake up, you know, some sort of CrossFit functional training, however, you want to dress it up. Um, and we entered a comp- competition, a local competition, one year, finished fourth, and then we entered it last year and actually finished first and it was actually quite emotional from being completely honest mm. i've never oh, never finished been. first anything like that oh no it was it was a very special day and anyone that knows us you know knows how much hard work we put into it and you know i always say to my clients and they're gonna say oh here he comes but um you know anything that you've achieved in life that is great you've had to work for nothing's been ever given to you on a plate and no. you know and we grafted our backsides off you know for 12 weeks yeah. and you know we've got loads of people to thank you know we could spend all day here you know other halves and our training partners but you know we we you know like everyone who entered that comp we grafted ourselves to that so you know we as trainers we you know we we are able to to relate to you know s- struggles and solutions but you know if you put the graft in you know you will get the rewards for to whatever you're going through right now and you know we've all had up we both had our our, our mental struggles with mental health you know i've had my fair share of um, counseling over the past few years for some 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 ptsd and i know matt's had his own struggles in the past too you know yeah. so we're normal people too you know we're not just on here to give you a lesson and tell you how great we are and how you know how average you are but it's not us we're just no. two guys from chatham who happen to be <laughs> have you got that? Have you got that made in yeah. Chatham tattoo around your belly button? Oh, I think oh. we have to, I think we might have to do that. No, we're t- two guys from Chatham, and um, just just you know, honest, just guys about what we're doing. You know, so yeah, you know, I think we just yeah. wanted to really the point of this podcast would over the next few episodes is just to kind of break down what somewhat people might perceive complicated, confusing subjects mm. and. Break, break it down in its simplest form and give advice around that subject, not you've just got to eat this or you've got to train like this. This is how yeah. you do an exercise. You know, because people have struggles outside of all these things that contribute. Like I was talking earlier to someone about um, writing, people writing diet plans and stuff, but not factoring like when people emotionally eat and people don't yeah. look at it always from the angle as coaches. Don't look at yeah. that you're dealing with people, not pro bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to, um, you know, I found in my old folders a six-week diet plan I went on. Ooh. I did a case study. It's back in like 2013. It was proper like cringe one where literally like I wrote it up at the end going, you know what? Yeah, I just like didn't eat chocolate, didn't eat sweets, didn't eat that, you know. You know, I had one cheat, I'll say myself one cheat day. And going forward, now I'm going to have one cheat day a week. And at the time, you, you kind of, yeah. You think that everyone eats like a bodybuilder and it's not, you know, and don't get it wrong. Bodybuilders are incredible athletes and extremely, extremely sort of, um, 
or disciplined, you know, and fair play to anyone who's done a show, you know, it takes a lot to do up, get up on stage and to get to where that is. But I think I got lost in that. Oh, I have to eat like that bodybuilder because you get into the whole sort of cheat day mode. But, you know, long story short, we're just looking to break down sort of these barriers, keep it simple, keep it semi funny from obviously Grimmy's side. I see. And, um, you know, and, and throw a little bit of emotion there too, you know, a bit of a, you know, we're, we're normal guys and we're going to help to yeah. just keep things simple and, um, yeah. Functional, well, uh, functional podcast. There we go. Functional well, podcast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> functional podcast. Um, or I would say, keep it real like Ian Bill. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Hey. Oh, mate. You're going to see oh, me. In, in, no, keep it real like Grimmy Bill. Grimmy Bill. You're Grimmy gonna... Bill. <laughs> like Grimmy Bill. I'm going to change my name on Instagram to the real Grimmy Bill. Oh, brilliant. And as oh. well, you might see me in 10 years, Mel, when it's all gone to pot on Chatham High Street going, excuse me, mate, excuse me, mate. You go, oh, it's Matt. God, run away. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's lost brilliant. it all. He's lost it all. He gambled yeah. it. It's all gone. It's all gone. <laughs> all right, we're going we're gonna to wrap up. Because yeah, we're having way too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> way too much fun. We're forgetting we're actually recording a podcast. We're just having a chat. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, carry on, Matt. Wrap it up for us. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I, I was, uh, <laughs> okay, so over the next sort of few weeks, we aim to uh, release a podcast at least once per week. Hopefully, we can get it on Spotify if they have us. Um, and we appreciate anyone who listens to this, shares it, yeah. because we are shitting our pants a little bit in case no one listens to it. So mm. please give it some time. We're going to talk about a variety of subjects. So more than welcome, message me and Mike on Instagram, Facebook, with whatever, whatever you want, whatever you want. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Matt. I think you've said it all. And um, thanks, guys, for listening. And most importantly, stay well, stay safe. Yes, good. Me too. What you said. Thank you. Ta-da.